Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Understanding Today's Narcissist. And now here's your host, Christine Hammond. Hi, and welcome back. I am so excited today. This is the second part of having Dr. Crystal Holm back with us. And so, Crystal, if you can just introduce yourself real quick to everybody. Um, We are good old friends. And so just tell them who you are and what you specialize in your practice. Thank you, Chris. Yes, I am a licensed mental health counselor, and I am also an ASEC certified sex therapist and a certified sex addiction therapist. And so what I do is I help couples move from unhealthy to healthy sexuality. I also have three-day intensives that I do for couples who may be in a good relationship that want to go to a great relationship, and then also for any type of sexual trauma. I do three-day intensives for that as well. And I have offices in Orlando and Tampa. Oh, that's so awesome. All right. Thank you so much. So today we are doing the second half of our interview and we are talking about sexual addiction, specifically with somebody who has narcissistic traits. And so I'm really um, excited to hear like you kind of explain a little bit about what that looks like, Crystal, and, and some explanation around the terminology of this. Sure. So sex addiction is usually discovered. So it's very rare that someone with a sex addiction will come to therapy on their own. So what happens is you're in a relationship with someone and maybe your intuition tells you something's off or maybe they're hiding secrets or you discover something and they deny, deny, you know, you might discover porn on their phone and they're like, Oh, well, that's not mine. You know, somebody must have been using my phone. One of the kids, right? Sometimes you'll discover children. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's a classic one though. It's a classic Um, one. Yes. Especially if you have teenagers in the home, you know, it's a classic. It must've been one of the kids, right? Um, Many of my teenage clients have been blamed for that. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And what you'll do is you'll discover maybe text messages between them and another person. You'll find on the bank statements that they're taking out cash withdrawals. You'll find hotel receipts. Um, So there's something is usually discovered or somebody will knock on your door and tell you, I just had this happen last week. Somebody literally knocked on her door and handed her an envelope. And it was the friend of the person that he was acting out with her husband. And so both men and women can both struggle with sex addiction. I'm going to talk about the male being the addict as we talk today. So usually it's discovered. You find out that you've been betrayed. Then they'll come into therapy and they're going to do what we call staggered disclosure, right? Because they want to protect themselves, but they'll say, oh, I don't want to hurt you. So, you know, again, we see the gaslighting, right? They're really trying to protect themselves, but they're going to convince you that they didn't tell you they're lying to you because it's for your benefit, 
but they'll come in and we'll get staggered disclosure. It's never just what you caught them doing. So when we discover that there's a, a history of acting out in sexual behaviors that are causing problems, they don't want to do it, that maybe they've been arrested, right? Arrested for prostitution or right. exposing themselves. So there's something that's negative related to it. And I really want to make a clear distinction with you today, Chris, that some people can engage in these behaviors and it's not sex addiction. When we are identifying sex addiction, it's because it's something they do not want to do, but they find themselves compulsively doing it over and over. Mm. Um, they've been caught and promised not to do it again, yet they keep doing it. They notice that they take higher and higher risks associated. Maybe they just did porn and now they're meeting up with people. Um, so we see a progression of some kind. Again, Somebody else could be engaging in these behaviors, but they don't see anything wrong with it. It's an open relationship. There's not secrets related to it. We're talking about the addiction part. So where the narcissistic traits show up is, of course, at the beginning in denial, right? Mm -hmm. They don't want to be called an addict, right? Even though they're lying, they're betraying, right? They're taking risks. They're exposing their partner to STDs without her knowledge. They're taking videos of people without their knowledge, right? They're doing all of these behaviors that can be predatory, deceitful, but they'll be in that state of denial. So it's very difficult for the partner. If you're a betrayed partner in a relationship with a sex addict, they're very narcissistic. Once they get into treatment, though, we usually see the narcissistic traits dissipate. And this is the connection between, as you know, Chris, you're very well versed on addiction. There are narcissistic traits that go along when you're active in addiction. They have to be there um, right. to be able for the brain to justify and minimize and do what you're doing. You have to have that thought of, you know, what I'm doing doesn't really hurt them. You know, it's all about me. It feels good. Or they play right. the victim. She doesn't meet my needs you know, I work hard, you know, that type of thing. So they'll justify it. So the narcissistic traits will be there. If they will do the good recovery work, you will be in a relationship with them and you will see them develop empathy. They have mm -hmm. zero when they first come in, but they can develop empathy. They can learn how to see that you're valuable and so are they. They can show remorse. And this is the difference between being an actual narcissist the woundedness of having a personality disorder in somebody who's an addict with narcissistic traits. The difference is that we do see growth and improvement. Those traits really do start to dissipate. Um, but again, if they're a narcissist with an addiction, then you're really, you have many more problems and they're much harder to do uh, a real good recovery to where they can become a faithful partner. Right. And they often switch addictions too, so, so that they become more secretive if you're talking about that. But I do want to like just remind everybody that not every addict is a narcissist, even though they might look like it, right? We don't diagnose people with narcissism just because they're an addict. They could have those traits, as Crystal was pointing out, but there are some narcissists who are addicts. And so there's no doubt that that does actually exist. And, and it's not uncommon for them to fall into that because they, they believe that they're invincible and they can never be an addict. And so it's very easy for them to slip into that type of behavior. But for today's discussion, I want to just stay on this concept of like what it's like to be in a relationship. So what 
if you're concerned that you're in a relationship with somebody who might have a sex addiction with narcissistic traits, like what does that look like for you as the person who's in that relationship? Yes, you're absolutely right. They, we can't decide if it's a narcissist with an addiction or an addict with narcissistic traits until they're in the treatment for a little while. Yeah. But if you are the partner to somebody who has a sex addiction, you're going to find them doing something and discovering it and they'll lie and they, they can tell the best stories and you'll believe it because it's a little, you're like, well, okay, right. I have no other reason not to trust mm-hmm. them, but you will catch them denying, hiding, lying. You'll catch them multiple times doing things. The best thing I say to a partner is follow your intuition. If your intuition says something's off, most likely it is. And so you should be able to be in a healthy relationship. And here's what I recommend. In a healthy relationship, we have access to everything. We have nothing to hide. There should be complete transparency. He shouldn't have a phone with a code on it that you don't have access to. Um, So we should have transparency. We should have honesty. We should have accountability. I should be able to tell you where I was and what I'm doing and who I talked to. Just ask me, ask me any question. I'll be glad to tell you. If you're in a relationship with a sex addict, they're secretive about where they're secretive about where they go. They're secretive about their electronics. They will hide things. They will be gone for hours at a time. It'll seem unusual. Um, you know, oh, they got to go do something again. You'll notice pockets of time. Look at your bank statements. Do you notice anything suspicious there? I have a person who just caught her husband at a massage parlor because she happened to look at the bank statement and found some charges. So for a spa, right? Uh, For a spa. And she's like, what's he going to a spa for? Right? So if your intuition says something is off, follow it. You should be in a relationship with somebody that you should be able to ask them a question and they answer it, right? They should be able to say, but here's what somebody who's a sex addict will do. They'll say, you're crazy. What are you, my mother? Why do you care where I was doing? Why do you care who I talked to today, right? Or this is my phone. This is privacy, right? I don't ask you to see your phone. Mm-hmm. You know, but remember somebody who's healthy goes, well, you can see my phone. I don't have a problem right. with you seeing your phone, but again, they'll gaslight you. They'll make you feel like you're the bad guy. They'll make you feel like you're a nagging wife or you're crazy. They'll say you're crazy quite often. Actually, you're crazy. Why would you make something like that up? Or I only did that one time. I told you I only did it mm-hmm. once. Or they'll say something like all men do it. That's the classic. And mm-hmm. I have to remind them, no, all men don't. Right. Right. But they love to use that generalization with you as well. So that's what it looks like. And again, we want to look at healthy. In a healthy Mm -hmm. relationship, there's reciprocation and there's that foundation of transparency and accountability. That's really good. Thank you so much, Crystal. I so appreciated your feedback on all of this. And thank you for joining us today. It was very informative. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to Understanding Today's Narcissist with Christine Hammond. For more information, visit growwithchristine.com.
produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.